0: Empire
1: You thought you knew, but you have no idea It's the Urban Sports Scene
2: You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with myself, Wole, Ray Jeezy, and Will T, part of Ampire Amp Media. I want I want to say it was good, folks, but that's because we're going away from that. But hello, everybody. <laughs> hello. How are you guys doing? Ray, I know you're excited. It's NBA playing game tournament. Is that the I'm, right time? I'm Hall? also
3: reading... Mm-hmm. I'm also reading that Loving Basketball Part 2 is going to be in production. So, Are you serious? Yeah, excited.
2: Taniya back? It's yeah, going to be Tania? Go,
3: it's gonna. It, no, no. It's going to start John Wall and, and Wizards fans. Bro, oh, like, it's you, amazing you trash. You trash. These people have you this atmosphere <laughs> with John Wall after he leaves, and they swear this playing don't mean anything, but yet they posted old John Wall highlights against the Celtics in a the series they lost. <laughs> I'm just on the sidelines, though, watching NBA Twitter like, Wow. John Wall did not get this much love when he was playing for the Wiz. Now, folks hating on this playing tournament. I don't understand why. It's a good look for somebody like Russell Westbrook leading this team through all that they had to face this season. So I'm excited, absolutely. What you mean? Talk about the Wiz.
2: What you mean, you folks are hating? They're hating on the Wizards in the playing tournament.
3: Of course. Oh. You you, you don't you don't you don't see it.
2: No, I don't see it. I'll be paying
3: them. I don't. We'll, have to, we'll have to get Karita to chime in. Karita, she follows that. <laughs>
2: We will, man. We will, we will. Hey, uh, Empire Media, Empire Media hosts uh, m- multiple D.M.V. sports podcast shows, such as the John Com Report, hosted by ESPN Washington football team insider John Com, and Jones Football, hosted by USA Today insider Mike Jones. Uh, you subscribe, you can subscribe to our podcast on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Uh, the show can be found on Podcast DC, the new local app. With hundreds of options in local and local news, health, and of course uh, the DMV region, download the podcast DC app for to hear all the Empire Show, Empire Shows, excuse me, as well as other great content. Don't forget to tweet us at Urban Sports Scene. To hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Also, join our Urban Sports Scene Facebook group. Search Urban Sports Scene, sports bloggers and sports podcasters. Uh, plus, I mean, and sports debates. Uh, Will T.
0: Well, to you know, <laughs> so tradition I to say what happened gonna... <laughs>
2: <Don't>
0: <laughs> We'll mean, talk man.
2: about the Washington Wizards play in tournament game against the Boston Celtics founder of Double Take Sports and Sports Journey's Washington Wizard report Wizards reporter Karita Parks will join us to talk about the playing game at 8:30 WNST's Washington Capitals reporter Ed Frankovic We'll we'll jump on the show to talk about the the Capitals-Stanley Cup first round matchup against the Boston Bruins. The Caps and Bruins are tied in the series one-to-one. Finally, we'll talk about the Washington football team probably parting ways with tackle Morgan Moses, their new additions to the roster, and Ryan Kerrigan going to the Eagles. But first, right now we have founder of Double Take Sports and Sports Journeys, Washington Wizards reporter, Corita Parks Online. What's going on, Corita? What's up? What's, Long time no talk. I know, right? I mean, Ray has seen everything. <laughs> Ray has told, like, as you heard, you know, Ray knows you're on his side when it comes into the Washington Wizards and Westbrook <laughs> and whatnot. Um, So I'm going to let you and Ray, you know, Hash it out and you'll have all that love, kumbaya type of moment. What's
3: going on, Randy? <laughs> what's up? What's up, my day one? So you one of my day ones, man. I gotta give a shout out to the community and, and my man Cam Mingo because they've been consistent on through the ups and the downs. But the rest yes. of these people,
1: uh, uh, Ooh, yeah, the people, oh, the Wizards fans are rough, mm. rough.
2: Look, man, according to Ray, they can't let John Wall go. That's according to Ray, you know. Corita, what do you think?
1: <laughs> yeah, it's been definitely hard to let John Wall go. I've seen that. Um, I think I heard you say the old uh, Celtics clips. I mean, to be fair, that was the last big game they had <laughs> the Celtics. So, yeah, I think people are warming up. To Russell Westbrook because of the fact that he's really stepped up. And I think he's been a huge factor in this team making it this far. But the John Wall love is definitely
2: still there. It's real, man. It's real, man. Number two, man. <laughs> Number two is always going to be in everybody's hearts, man. You can't take that away, right? You or Russ can't do it.
3: <laughs> I, I don't want to. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a John fan. My, my problem was they were posted so heavily about how bad Russ was and how bad the Wizards are and should they tank and all of the lottery talk and now all of them have all of them have reversed course because they had to. The triple double streak, it's been amazing. The, the record, they had no choice and that's what hurts for most of them is they're mm-hmm. forced to talk positive about Russ but they still hate and they retweet all the negative stuff still, it's amazing. I just sit back on the sidelines and watch. I think it's dope. I ain't going to That's what they, they kind of want. <laughs> it's
1: just so crazy to me because I don't know what it is. Now, don't get me wrong. Russell Westbrook, depending on the day, you know, he want to be bothered. He may not want to be bothered. But other than that, I don't really see why everyone has such an issue. Mm. Now I do, but you, I remember in the beginning too, because he was hurt and we didn't know he was hurt. We kind of figured, but yeah, he wasn't playing that well. And you're right, they was trashing. You
3: know. <laughs> but I really don't
1: understand this. I don't understand the slander. How many records does a man have to break?
3: Tell, tell me about it. So hopefully tonight goes. Well, I guess we'll get there, Wally. I'm not going to jump ahead. No, you good? Do the you're
2: same, good, brother? You good? Hey, Kareem, before we go, you know, go on to this, you know, big game. Uh, can you, know, <laughs> you have a podcast? You have a podcast out, out called the Triple, Double, uh, Triple W podcast. Can you tell our listeners about the podcast?
1: Yes. So I have a podcast with three other ladies who also cover the Wizards. The NBA, the WNBA, Candy Waller, Becca Winkert, and Brianna Holmes. We record that podcast, try to record it weekly, but, you know, we talk about the Wizards. Uh, We cover the team very closely. So we have three segments. One, like I said, focuses on the Wizards. Then we have what's going on in the NBA where we talk about more general NBA content. And then because we are women and we know how it can be in this industry for women, Mm -hmm. we have a women in sports segment where we spotlight some of the women that we admire in this business. So if you're not following us, make sure you follow us at the Triple W pod on all social media platforms. We're also on Spotify, Mm -hmm. so you can listen to us there, and we're on YouTube.
2: That's dope. Yeah, I follow you all. I think you guys have a great, uh, a great platform, a great show. Also, you should tell folks that you. I mean, I like the music of the day or the music of the week thing you guys do. I think it's pretty dope. You know what I mean? Yes. It yes. Takes me so back. we
1: have Mondays. <laughs> so every episode, we start the show. We give each of us gives like our song of the week, and it can be something that we're currently listening to, or something that we just feel like putting on our playlist. But we have a whole season one playlist on Spotify as well. Oh wow! That's also under that's also under the triple W. It's a triple W playlist actually, mm-hmm. and it's season one. So there's all kinds of different songs, and this this year it was like up and down. So we have kind of all kinds of different music. <laughs> kind of reminds us of the wizard season.
4: Yeah,
2: up and downs, right, Ray? The up and downs, man. So now, Ray. <laughs> Now, Ray, you may go in. Ray, you may go in now.
3: The, the Triple W, that's what I'm talking about. They had Chris Miller. Chris Miller turned us down. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> They're doing something right. Oh. Uh, <laughs>
2: Oh, don't give, right, uh, I no, don't No, what? what? I'm not saying Shout anything. I'm not. I'm not gonna say anything. Right now, I ain't gonna say nothing.
1: <laughs>
3: Shout <laughs> out to T. Mills, bro. We
1: did. Chris, nah, Chris graced us with his presence, and we do appreciate it. We gotta definitely get him on the urban sports scene. it's <laughs> oh, all <laughs> nice, love, man.
3: It's all love, regardless. You know, we, we all got scheduled, but I'm glad he showed love to you guys. That's a, like you said, awesome podcast, man. Keep doing what you do, but let's get to the real business. And that is the Wizards after this show tonight. Hopefully, now of Pacers are getting blown out. I mean, I'm not the Pacers, the Hornets. They're getting blown out right now. So, hopefully, the Wizards' game will start on time. As soon as we're done, the Wizards will be taking on the 7th seed Boston Celtics in the playing tournament that Wole just loves. <laughs> the winner, of course, will earn the 7th seed in the, in the playoffs and will be facing the Brooklyn Nets. So, Karita, what should we expect from our Washington Wizards tonight?
1: I definitely think – I expect them to come out and play hard. They know everything is on the line with this game. You don't want to lose and have to play another game to get into the playoffs, especially with Bradley Beal's injury. So I think we're going to see them play hard. Uh, Brad, he should be on the court. And I just think we're going to see a fight. Hopefully we see a fight and a win.
2: So, do you you think that, I mean, for the Wizards, you know, uh, Jalen Brown's not playing. So, how does that change anything, if it does change anything?
1: Well, their problem, actually, the last game was Jason Tatum. Mm. That's who they really couldn't stop. So, you know, in my opinion, he, like I said, last last game, he's the one who killed them. So, I think that really they're going to have to focus on finding a way to stop Jason Tatum, especially in the paint. That's where... Once again, that's where he killed them. Hopefully, I will say last game, Daniel Gafford did not play. So <laughs> hopefully having a little bit of rim protection mm-hmm. um, can improve things. But that's who their real issue was last game.
2: So Daniel Gafford, what, did, he, he, did he play because of injury? He didn't play because of injury or did he just or Scott Brooks just didn't play him? I just want to make sure. I
1: he was injured that game, honestly. He wasn't on the roster
3: um, yet, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh,
1: it wasn't. Or he wasn't on the roster. Yeah, I didn't think he was on the roster for some reason. But um, no, it wasn't that. I don't think it was Scott Brooks didn't play him. Okay, <laughs> I
2: mean I know that tends to happen at times. You know what I'm saying? That
1: does tend to happen. I don't understand. So
2: until we'll you can do the read, he's
1: definitely himself, in my opinion.
4: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are listening to Empire Media. That's empiremedia.com. Right now, we're talking to Corita Parks, founder of the Double Take Sports and Sports Journey Wizards reporter. Corita, are you a fan of the playing tournament? <laughs>
1: that is the question. <laughs> um, I, I personally think the playing tournament makes things more interesting. The playoffs have been the same. I think we saw in the bubble last year. I, I thought it was fun. I know a lot of the players aren't necessarily a fan, or, or the players who are winning on winning teams <laughs> necessarily a fan of the play in But to me, sometimes it's those underdog teams that can come in and get hot and, you know, go far. And I feel like that's the problem that some people may have. It's like, Hey, we have this team who has to like squeak their way. What do y'all <laughs> think? I'm curious.
0: <laughs> oh,
1: that's
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll let Ray that, start for question. Huh? I'll I, I I I'm okay with it. I'm biased like I said. But the Wizards <laughs> were the eighth seed. I'm gonna keep putting it out there. Yeah. They would have been in a traditional playoff format Thanks. regardless. Exactly. So I that. I'm I'm still I'm still a little impartial because I knew it gave the Wizards a chance. I feel like that was the incentive for them playing hard, hmm. amongst other teams like the the the, uh-huh. the New Orleans Pelicans and the Chicago Bulls played hard down the stretch to try to get into this playing tournament. Um, but honestly, I thought it was confusing before <laughs> the Wizards were in contention, <laughs> and I wasn't a big fan of it. No, I'm being honest. It's no, still
1: no, kind of confusing. I'm not gonna lie. And I was just <laughs> trying to figure out now what happened? Now what? what?
2: No, I had to like I had to look at it like a couple of times, a few times actually. Me um, too. <laughs> for me, it's, I think more my more my my great more of it is like this. It's the seventh seed being involved. I feel like. To me, you know, if you're going to do a playing game, let it be between isolated within the AC because most of the time the AC and the teams under are pretty close in records. Um, so mm-hmm. if I was going to do it. If you're going to keep it this way, I would just include the AC and have a playing for the AC spot. I wouldn't include the seventh because the seventh that gets kind of dicey because if you're like for instance, if you're in the Western Conference, um, and I'm not you know in the Western Conference, you'll have a loaded a loaded situation. But sometimes, typically that that AC is typically really an AC. You seventh the seventh seed can can jump to the from the seventh to the fourth. So now you're getting a real competitive team that has the opportunity now not now to lose. Forget just lose getting out of the postseason but losing seeding because, you know, because of the playing game. So to me, if you're gonna do it, if you're gonna have this rule, or if it be the eighth seed fighting, you know, have like a tournament with the eighth seed, I just wouldn't include the seventh seed. Okay. No, I would it before no, that, but Ray, you know me though, so it's not even. Don't say I Lakers know. fan. You know I've I said know. this last season. So don't even do like the Lakers fan speaking. You know what I'm saying? I feel LeBron though. I feel LeBron's pain. <laughs> but aren't
1: the Lakers in the, the,
2: the playing? Yeah, we they in the playing. Oh, definitely yeah. playing. They playing uh, the Warriors. You know what I'm saying? They playing yeah. the Warriors. They're in the playing game. They're the seventh. They're the seventh seed. But, again, in the West, like Ray said, the Warriors, I guess the Warriors would have a gripe, too. Again, the Warriors are, like, what, they're 38, I want to say 39 and 33, so they're a decent team. And you got eight seeds. I think Memphis is barely over 500. No, Memphis is over 500, but the San Antonio Spurs aren't over 500. Like, they're below 500. So, if I was, like, Golden State and I lose out to that team in the postseason, then it's like, ugh. But like someone told me on Twitter, which is a very valid reason. I mean, valid, valid argument. Just win, and we this all doesn't mean anything. So if you're a, if you're a higher seed, you're supposed to be the better team. So just win. But to um, but back to the discussion of the show, though, I I will say this about the Wizards. And we talked about teams being hot in the bottom. I don't. I think the Wizards are that team. Like we look at the tournament and in college basketball, and there's a team that just kind of it's hot at the stretch, and they get into the, they get into the dance because they win the tournament, they win the conference tournament. Like, I guess if you look at the Wizards, they can potentially, um, not to say they're going to win a championship, but they can have a decent run, potentially be like, you know, Kimball Walker and UConn, or how, you know, how they kind of just got hot at the end, and they can make a run. Like, I could see that with Bradley Beal and Russell Westbrook. They're playing at such a high level, especially Russ, okay. playing at such a high level that, you know, I don't think anybody really wants to play them going in. Maybe, I mean, I guess you could say maybe Philadelphia wouldn't mind, because Philadelphia kind of matches up well against them, uh, but other than that, I don't think any team really wants to see the Wizards in the postseason.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I'm with you on that. I feel like Philadelphia...
2: Touches you can get for an individual, like Kyrie Irving, mm-hmm. Kevin Durant, and James Harden have to share the basketball, so all of them ain't getting 50. So, you know, still, they still got a match shit with Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook, so... It's gonna be if they can get if they can win tonight, and I do expect them to win tonight, I I think that would be interesting series.
3: Yeah. Yeah, I'll jump ahead. Yeah. Um Here's the starting five for tonight. I know you might have seen it by now, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Alex Lynn, Rui Hachimura, of course, Russell Westbrook, Bradley Bill, and I'm saving this one for last. How Neto. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> you go, you man. There you go. But um,
1: <laughs> Uh, Y'all. <laughs> Karina,
3: who, who needs to step up? Karina, tell us. <laughs> uh,
1: who needs to step up? I Actually, I would say How and I'll only say that because <laughs> he can – I mean, they're going to need some additional scoring. Can't just be Brad. Can't just be Russ. Mm-hmm. Um, but then at that center position, that's going to be important too. But, you know, out of that lineup, I'm going to say Howell – he has a little bit more of a veteran presence. I mean, but shoot, even Rui, you know what I'm saying? Like,
4: Oh, yeah.
1: Rui has to step up, too. Like, he needs to have a big game.
2: Man, Rui could have a big game. That's, Brooks don't – man, don't get me started. Brooks don't allow him to have big games, man. <laughs> I don't – like, I get it. <laughs> I'm pretty annoyed with that.
1: Oh yeah, I've seen you um tweeting about those Ruby matches. Yeah, I don't, I don't be liking.
2: I don't be liking that. I don't be like that because I I feel like some of these folks I, I I don't care. Some of these folks don't watch basketball or have no idea about you know what a coach can do. And if you watch a game, if a dude is getting every ISO play in the world, and or two dudes in Russ's – and Russ or or Brad again I Rui to do and then you have him in the corner to shoot threes. He's not a three point shooter. Like you you see him in the block. I I use I use Brooklyn for an example. Y'all watched him play Brooklyn and he had he had he had Kevin Durant who was a good defender on the block and was giving Kevin Durant buckets. Do you really ever see Scott Brooks feature Rui on the block against anybody else? No. Like so I, I hate when people get on Rui. It's like you, you you're trying to make him a corner three point shooter. He ain't good at it. So if he ain't good at it, don't have him there. <laughs> So like, and then everybody, oh, Rui, I see Rui stats. He don't look good. I'm like, dude, did you watch the game? Do you not watch your coach? Sorry, I had to vent on that. I apologize. Rui, Rui is highly <laughs> efficient,
3: though. If you if you look at his numbers, he's highly efficient. Whenever Brad is out, he is compelled to step up, which I love about that him. Is but He true. needs to learn how to be integrated with Brad on the court. And I always deferred because I mean he's just tentative. But only, my only issue with Rui, and everybody knows I love Rui, I actually campaigned for the Wizards to draft him. My issue with him is he needs to improve at rebounding. At his yeah. size, with his athleticism, you should be one of the best rebounders on the team. You should not be single digits rebounds all the time. Fact. So if he can step up in that department, I'm fine with everything else. And I'm saying everything else, including defense. And Russ has been a huge mentor and a huge plus for him. He's going to continue to grow yeah. and his rush is, is here to, to, to be a, 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 a mentor and a tutor.
1: I would agree. I love seeing how it seems like their relationship is growing. And he's always you know, Russ is always in his ear, and he seems to really be taking it in. So I do agree. I think that that's gonna help him take another step.
2: Yeah, he, that would that would help him, and also another coach that would help him too. Um, but <laughs> I'm just gonna keep that 100. I th- I just feel like you won't get the best out of Rui under Brooks. I I I, I dig what Ray saying about you know he he has to be he has mm-hmm. to show that he's you know assertive, assertive, but assertive. But even that for real again. It's hard to be assertive when you don't get when the ball's not in your hand. You're you're basically what it is that when you're a 3 and a post 3, you're not bringing the ball up. You're not set stuff ain't set up for you. The reason why he just I mean he's assertive is because all right, who are you going to get the ball to to score a basket? So it's like, okay, we got to go to Russ. That's it. We got to have somebody else. We can't just have doubt. So we got to have a dude that who can do something with the ball in his hand. Even that's in the block or whatever, they don't set plays for him like that. When when Brad is out, they and and if and if Russ is out, then he gets those touches. That's it's like okay, Brooks, you got to find a way to say you know what, let me give this dude more touches so he can get a rhythm. But he don't do that. Spot shooter, you can get as many touches and points as you want.
3: So from a media perspective, and, and Kareem, I'm about to ask you a question because no, when, when when you're in person or you know, I mean, it's been virtual uh, lately. But Scott Brooks has been a huge upgrade just from a media perspective. And speaking with him, as opposed to Randy Whitman, <laughs> <So> true. <laughs> you know, and, and Scott Brooks, Scott Brooks is, is a he's he's a nice dude. Like when I when I used to go to the game, when I used to come to the game at Capital One or be you know at practice or whatever, and I got an opportunity to speak with him. You know, I had a pleasure talking with him, and that made me you know I guess soft, and and I, it was hard for me to hate his coaching style.
0: For real, I'm serious. You know, no, it's but, true you know, though. It's, this, I'm laughing because it's
1: true. <laughs> Like you, I've you been have sympathy for him if you talk to him, because you like, yes. yeah, nice, he is a nice guy, right?
3: But... <laughs> so how do you feel about him, career? That's what I want to know. Like, what's your feeling on Brooke? Honestly, I know it's hard to separate that—that that, you know, personal. But what do you think <laughs> of his job so far this season?
1: Well, oh goodness. I, <laughs> no, I you already know. Think you have to give him... <laughs> I think you have to give him some credit for the team turning it around, yeah. but I do still question his like decisions with how he uses players. Like, I don't understand why we see where we don't see Daniel Gaffer more when he's clearly been productive and he made, like he makes a huge difference when he's on the court. Um Like our conversation just about Rui. So sometimes I don't understand like how he go, how his decisions how he makes these decisions, like when asked about Daniel Gafford, he said, we have three centers and they all need minutes. Well, no, they don't. If if you have a center who isn't produced all the minutes. So I will say that is still a bit confusing. And then there have been times this season where he's definitely gotten out-coached in the last few minutes of the game mm-hmm. by like another coach. Um, you know, so <laughs> – that's that's where i am
3: yeah i understand that totally you know because again the record his record as the coach of the Wizards, that speaks for stuff you cannot argue with the numbers even though you know i'm gonna put it out there Mm -hmm. i I like him personally and i'm sure Karita does too based on just what she said just now so we don't hate scott brooks personally as well as one of the people know you know but yeah. We get frustrated too, just like Wizards Twitter. That's why I will join the masses with that. But, um, Karita, let's see what happens with this tournament. You know, if they don't make it out, what do you see for Brooks in the future, and what do you, you know, see for the future of this franchise moving forward? And will this season be viewed as a failure?
1: think this season would be viewed for as a failure because mm-hmm. in the beginning we could say it's a bit of a failure if they don't make it to the playoffs because mm-hmm. when Russell Westbrook was added to the team that was the expectation and they took so long to gel. But then they also had a COVID outbreak. We gotta mm-hmm. you know remember that. So there were some things that happened to where they got off to a slower start. But it's hard for me to deem the season as a failure because I honestly thought this team was done like after the all star break they came back and they were they like they didn't even look like the team that they were before they went to the all star break. So the fact that they're even in a position to make it to the playoffs I think is a success on its own because I honestly didn't expect that to happen at a certain point in the season and I'm sure many people didn't. Scott Brooks and his future. I think, like you said, you can't necessarily deny the numbers, but what I do wonder is because of the fact that he was kind of instrumental in getting the team, this far until the play-in, will that factor into their decision on how to move forward with him? It's hard for me to say about Scott Brooks because I don't know the front office his second year to really know what kind of move he would make. So I definitely Mm. think there's going to be a lot of questions in the offseason. Mm -hmm. But if they make it to the playoffs, then I really don't know what they will do about Scott Brooks.
3: Just win. That's all they got to do, right?
1: (laughs) Yeah, just win. That's what they need (laughs) to do. That's what they need
4: to do. All right, Clarita, we want to thank you for being on today. But before we let you go, please let our listeners know how they can find find you on social media. And remind them how they can tune into your podcast.
1: Okay, so you can find me on social media. My personal platform is all, all social media, and that's where I post a lot of my work for other um, organizations. You can also find my Wizards content on sportsjourney.com. And don't forget to follow Double Take Sports. That is my sports media platform at BBL Take Sports. And last but not least, the Triple Dub podcast. That's at the Triple W Pod on all platforms, and don't forget Spotify.
2: Oh, awesome! Thanks, Kareem. You no, know, we appreciate. That was you. a lot. It was a lot, but we got it though. We got it. You know what I mean? Once we uh, retweet yes. it, you know what? It's, it's, it's a wrap. You already know.
3: Because you're doing it, yeah. That's because you're doing it. Hey, that's good stuff.
1: You too, guys. Right. I always <laughs> appreciate being on the show. This is great talking
2: to you. Always a pleasure, Karita. Now go watch the game. You're gonna see me on Twitter eventually. I mean later on talking what I need to talk about. Ray, I'll be a part of Witch's right. Twitter. I'll be a part I'll of, of a Twitter. Twitter. I'll be a part of it too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, thanks, Karita.
1: All right, thank
2: you. All right. Bye. Bye. It's right, awesome, man. Again, follow Karita uh, at Carita C. Parks on Twitter, at Carita C. Parks on Twitter. All right, the Caps and Bruins are tied 1-1 in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. WNST's Capitals reporter, Ed Frankovic will jump, will join us to discuss this after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene for ages. You dig? Deuces. What it do? I'm your homie Wole with the Urban Sports Scene, part of Empire Media. And I'm here to tell you about Monkey Knife Fight. Monkey Knife Fight is the fastest growing sports gaming platform in North America, while being the third largest daily fantasy sports platform. It's easy to play, users don't have to spend all day analyzing salary caps and lineups like other daily fantasy sports sites. It also offers all the major sports plus UFC, golf, esports, soccer, college basketball, NASCAR and much more. Plus, users won't compete against thousands of professionals with algorithms like other daily fantasy sports sites. That crap could beat Jackpot on Fridays and Eagle Eye, which is the PGA 2500 Jackpot on Thursdays. Sign up now and get your chance to win the bag. Go to www.monkeyknifefight.com. Again, that is www.monkeyknifefight.com. And don't forget to sign up using the code URBAN. Again, that's Urban. That's U R B A N Urban. Hey, help me make you great. You are listening to the Urban Sports Scene with Will T, myself, Olay, and Ray Jeezy, part of Empire Media. Right now, we have WNXT's Washington Capitalist reporter Ed Frankovic on the line. What's going on, Ed?
0: I'm doing well, man. How are you? You enjoying these playoffs so
2: far? Well, not as much as Ray and Will. are, <laughs> But I'm watching baseball right now. Actually, I'm watching the Nats, and uh, 'cause I have them on my fancy baseball team, some national players right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> How Scherzer doing? I, I like Scherzer. He's a hockey guy. How's he doing so far this year?
2: Uh, he, he's doing. He's actually warming up. Uh, he started kind of slow, but he's warming up. He's pitching pretty well, actually. He's been. Probably the most consistent Washington Nationals pitcher. He's been he's been good. That's good. To he's hear. been good. He's been good. But in terms of if you were talking about hockey playoffs, um, other than last night, I watched the game last night. I was
0: good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah, <well>. these uh, <laughs>
1: ahead,
0: well, I, okay. well, these okay. overtime games, it's hard to it's hard to keep up with your sleep when uh, you know we get into <laughs> some of these games. They late. You know, some of these West Coast games have been late, but what is it, Minnesota and L- uh, Vegas played no goals and won nothing game in overtime. But the Caps, you know, this is going to be a series. This series is, is going to be playoffs are why they rest guys all year because they know the wear and tear of the playoffs is tough. Mm-hmm. And the Capitals losing Lars Eller, and with what's going on at goal, with losing Banachek and then the old man Anderson getting in there. The Caps have a, a four cut out for them if they want to win the series. And. We are in the Baltimore,
3: D.C. area or D.C. Baltimore. Whoever wants to put Baltimore first is fine or D.C. first. doesn't matter. You know, it's no rivalry. It's all love. <laughs> but we're more of humble sports fans around here, brother. But Boston fans, they think all their teams are the best and they have the greatest tradition. They annoy me. But you know what? You can't always argue with the numbers. The Bruins had to come from behind in game two to win. As I mentioned uh, before we came on the air, we know the goalie situation right now. What's your opinion of how the series has gone thus far?
0: Well, giving up that goal with like three minutes left really turned mm-hmm. the series uh, for Boston. Um, I think the the loss of Lars Eller really hurt. But the thing that concerns me with the Caps is all year when they played Boston, they had a lead. They really had a hard time holding it. Mm-hmm. And um, I really thought they might have wanted to challenge that goal the other night because there was yeah. a lot of stuff going on in the crease, but is you got to clear the crease there. You can't. You, I can't really put that goal on Anderson. I got to mm-hmm. put it on the on the D and the forwards. They got to move those guys out. And the Bruins just wanted it more. The Bruins. They got. I mean, nobody likes Brad Marshawn except for Bruins fans. Mm-hmm. That guy brings it everything, and you got to match his intensity. And that line, they shut him down in Game One. Marchand, Bergeron, and Pasternak. But Game Two, once Eller went out, those guys started to get room, and that's a big concern. Of uh, the Capitals, mm. I, I, if, if Eller's out, off has got to come back, mm-hmm. and we got to have 2018 Kuznetsov if the Caps are gonna have any chance.
2: So, mm-hmm. like, and you, as you mentioned, as you mentioned, Ed, you know, the Caps were up three-two for most of the game. Uh, then I, I think it was Taylor Hall who had the had the goal, and then you mentioned Marshawn with the winning goal um, in overtime. Uh, first off, how, you know, first off, the defense looked sloppy in that in that third period. I'm, I want to I'm get your opinion on it. Um, and also puck control. I had an issue with puck control in their own zone. What were your thoughts about, you know, how, how was their puck control and also their overall defense um, in that third period, late in that third period?
0: Uh, you're spot on. They gave up way too many shots. They were way too loose. They turned the puck over far too much. I don't know if they were tired or what, but, you know, the Capitals really put a lot into their defense in the off season. And it was smart by Brian McClellan to do that. Mm-hmm. But those guys have got to take care of the puck better. I didn't like the game John Carlson had in game one. Mm-hmm. I thought he was better in game two, but, you know, then he had Orloff dropped off. You know, they just did not have a good game in their own zone in game two. And the Bruins carried the play. I mean, the Bruins took advantage. And, and they have guys that can put the puck in the net. And adding Taylor Hall gave them another line. Mm-hmm. with great. So they have. Or all year, the Bruins were one line until so they got Taylor Hall, and now they have two lines. Yeah. And the Capitals, with only backs from at center, if Eller's out, they got to find another center that can try and stop that other line. And that's that's a big concern for me right now.
2: And to you, did Taylor Hall he just look faster than everybody? He just looked faster than everybody uh, last night. Oh,
0: yeah. Yeah, he was, he was MVP of the league three years ago. The mm-hmm. guy was number one pick from Edmonton. When he decides he wants to play, he can play with anybody in the league. The problem is his attitude. Well, the Bruins got him for dirt cheap. He's playing out his contract, so he's a free agent. He's motivated right now, and, and that's uh, that's scary for the Bruins. For the Bruins to get that guy at the deadline really changed the dynamic of their team. We don't know if Sam Sonoff can come back and play in that. So there's a lot of question marks on this case. And then you mentioned the defense, which is supposed to be the capital strong suit, had a really bad uh, third period. Actually, the whole game, they just were very sloppy with the puck, and they got to improve that in Boston here these next two games.
3: You're listening to the Urban Sports Team. We're part of Empire Media, EmpireMedia.com. Right now, we are joined by WNST's Caps Insider, Ed Frankovic.
2: So, um, Ed, you know, you mentioned Craig Anderson. Uh, and, you know, he's the third stringer. He's an old man, and um, he he's been forced to duty due to um, in, due to I think the COVID situation with Samsonov and an injury of Vanek. How do you feel that um, within, the last two ga- within the two games, how do you feel that Anderson has played?
0: I thought, you know, considering the guy played four games mm-hmm. and you're throwing him into the playoffs after, you know, he was out of the league for a little bit because his wife had cancer. It was, it's a great story, you know. And uh, I mean, this is a guy in 2017 after the Marc-Andre Fleury stole that series from the Capitals in the second round and, and uh, the, the Penguins had a double overtime the Penguins finally scored on him. If Ottawa had any kind of offense, they would have been playing the Predators for the Cup. Uh, They had no business being there without Craig Anderson. Craig Anderson, what he did in the first two games is more than you could ask of the guy coming in cold. Four games all year, almost 40 years old. Um, To be able to win uh, one game and almost win the second with him, um, he's done more than they could have asked for. It was a great signing by McClellan, but I think where you're going with this and where I'll go with this is Samsonov's got to, this is his chance to get back in there and, yeah. and show the capital that, Hey, I'm the guy you're going to, you, you're not going to let me go to Seattle. Right. Cause he's going to be where he was sitting, coming into the playoffs. He was in Vanacek had he kept playing and would, played well. Samsonov would have been exposed. He would have mm. been the guy they would have had to go you know, expose in the expansion draft. Mm. This is Samsonov. This is his fourth time where he has a chance to seize the number one position in the net. And he mm-hmm. needs to do it. Mm-hmm. He's done in Washington.
3: Mm. Mm. Absolutely.
0: So, Ed, what's it going to take
3: for the, for, for the Caps to gain some momentum heading into game three, considering they
0: kind of had a letdown because they were so close to being up 2-0? Yeah, they have to get back to uh, getting pucks deep, not turning them over, coming out of their zone, not trying to make fancy plays in the neutral zone. they got to get pucks deep and hit the Bruins' defense because the Bruins' defense is weak back there. They can take advantage of it. If they get into mm. a game where they start trying to play fancy and move the puck around and start turning it over, they're going to lose. Mm. So they have to play a heavy hockey, and they've got to stay out of the penalty box because that Boston power play is really good.
3: Mm. Hey, hey, real quick, how does experience help this team in, in a situation like this, considering they finally overcame the obstacles you know, a few years back and won the Stanley Cup? Does that play a role now, or is it like, this is a whole new season, and we can't necessarily relive the past, so to speak.
0: Well, you know, that's a good point. What you know, They have the experience. They know what they need to do, and I think this coaching staff is, puts them in a much better position than the last two years. Um, but you remember the year they won the Cup, they lost the first two games mm-hmm. in overtime to yeah. Columbus. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely. They actually pulled Grubauer in game two, put Holpe in. He lost in overtime, but that goal wasn't his fault. Mm-hmm. So this is, this is a similar situation. I mean, this is this team has had a goaltending change in the first round. Now, they're, in, they're in a good position here because they're one-to-one. I mean, if Sam Sonoff can come in and, and play well, that flips the series back, right? Because, yeah. you know, great Hulpe came in there, played a great game three. The Capitals got a break to win that game, and then Hulpe was lights out the rest of the way. And I know uh, you guys are Hulpe fans. I was a Hulpe fan. Yeah. Um, they let Colby go because he was getting a final bit of money. He was getting towards the downside of his career. And they had this Samsonov kid who's the number one pick. He's supposed to step up. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, this is mm-hmm. the fourth time it's for
2: Samsonov to do it. I, I agree. Yeah. He, he has to showcase it. This is his time. It really is. And hopefully he can get back in and, you know, they can do what they need to do to rush him in so he can get the opportunity to play because um, obviously missing that amount of games, I think about three weeks of, of hockey, uh, he's going to have to, you know, kind of rev things up. And try to get himself back in hockey shape and and, and be coordinated enough to kind of be able to play in a, in a high pressure game. So Ed, man, appreciate you for being on. Um, before we um is before we let you go, is there anything you want to add? And also, you know, we hope to have you on next week if possible.
0: And check out the Wiz. I too, absolutely.
3: Ed.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I need to. Watch. I have, I've been so busy with I have a couple boys that play ice hockey, so I'm I'm in a lot of rinks, but they're they're not on TV. <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> There are lots, if you know what live barn is, where you can watch your kids play, there probably is, you know, for other sports too. But mm-hmm. um, right. anyway, I am in next week. I'm hoping the series is still going. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the next three games, yeah, I think game six might be that night if we get that far. I'm hoping we get that far because um, I don't think the Caps will win three in a row. But I could see a scenario where the Bruins win three in a row. Ooh. So, absolutely, put me in for next week. Let's talk. <laughs> and I hope I'm hoping for all of this. I hope they turn it around. I hope Sam Sonoff comes in and be the goalie they expected him to be when they drafted him in 2015 in the first round.
2: Awesome, awesome. uh, Thanks for being on. Appreciate you, Ed. You know it.
0: Hey, my pleasure, guys. You're my guys. I love this show. I hope everybody's listening out there and and checking these guys out because you guys know your sports.
2: Oh, appreciate it. Thank you so much, Ed. Appreciate that. thank you, man. Take care, man. Take care.
0: Bless you, guys. Thank you.
2: All right. Uh, again, that was Ed Frankovic, uh, Washington Capitals uh, reporter uh, for WWNST. Uh, the Washington football team recently made some nice uh, acquisitions, and they actually lost some fan favorites. Uh, we'll talk about we'll talk about all we'll talk all about that after the break. You're listening to the Urban Sports Scene for ages. You dig?
4: deuces.
3: killer it's the off season let's keep it tall y'all ain't f- doing my man and don't check that watch you know the time cold world killer king this is free. Yeah. finish it's too easy for me now cold been going flat since back when cds was around what you sold i
2: triple debt. i can't believe these clowns Look how everybody clapping when your 30
4: song album do a measly hundred down. If I'm betting on myself, then I
2: completely. You are damn. listening to the urban sports scene with Will T, myself, Bole, excuse me, and also Ray Jeezy, part of Empire Media. That's empiremedia.com. All right, the NFL, NFL Network's um Ian Rappaport reported reported, excuse me, that the Washington football team is moving on from tackle Trent, I mean, not Trent, <laughs> tackle Morgan Moses. Any, any thoughts about that situation?
4: On me? I felt like I was frozen out of this show like George in the <laughs> off <oil contest>. Game. <laughs>
3: what
4: happened? <laughs> I'm Isaiah it's Thomas. Good, Am,
2: I you know Isaiah? I y'all. Am I Isaiah? Am I Yeah, I- you're Isaiah. <laughs> you're
4: Isaiah. You throws me out. It's all good though. No, um, it this is interesting to me, right? Morgan yeah. Moses throughout his career has been, he, he hasn't been a great or an exceptional um right tackle for this team. Him, along with Brandon Sheriff, mm-hmm. um, and now uh Ron Rivera, you know they got the new front office in, and now they've given him the opportunity to pursue trades. I'm just interested as to what's the um, what brought us to this point, right? Uh-huh. Because you got a guy who's been consistent, he's been professional um, that we know of, yeah. right? Um, so I'm curious to know: is it Morgan Moses who approached the Washington Football Team for a trade, or is it just uh, Ron Rivera that's kind of, you know, through their evaluation process during this offseason season, have determined, hey, Morgan Moses, we we just um, we forecast his play, you know, taking a precipitous drop. Yeah. Over these next couple of years, so let's try to get something while we can. And I also have to add, why didn't you decide to do this prior to the draft? Mm-hmm. Most likely, with you know along that offensive line, and if not, they've identified, you know, they've identified a guy in free agency, or they've identified a um, a potential project, um, a undrafted free agent, or a later round. Draft D that they that you know, over the next year or two to be their starting right tackle. But my, my question is what caught, what brought us to this point and why not do it prior to the draft?
2: Well, I mean, you know, due to the fact that they did draft Cosme, you kind of saw the writing on the wall. Um, I mean, I, I thought it would happen like after this year. And I knew the, the, the cap number was going to get pretty high extensive, like after it's, it's starting to rise up a little bit, but I thought they were, you know, set to have Morgan in for this season. So I'm just want, I, I'm with you, and my question of why is it, why now? I the way they've been signing tackles that was kind of a thing. Like, and we'll talk about the tackle that they signed uh, from Chicago and Leno, but you know that's a guy who was a former Pro Bowler, but he's gonna play the left tackle. Then you know you think about they drafted Sadiq Charles, um, and that he he's supposed to be a tackle. They may play guard, but he played tackle. Um, then they draft Cosby this season, a tackle. So they have a lot of tackles. So I was th- I was thinking, you know, that's a lot of guys, but you know you're probably building on depth, and maybe you know. I could I had to get I, my mind was already sold that definitely next season they'll they'll get rid of Morgan Moses. I was just surprised they would do it now, especially when you're building um you're trying to build something and it's a guy that to me you know has been in like you said will t has been consistent and he's been dependable, like even people talk about injuries all the time, but you see that guy go down in a game, but you know he'll get right back and play in that same game and People don't see it behind the scenes, but that dude really should be out. You know what I'm saying? Like he should be out. He shouldn't be playing those games, but he put his body on the line, and he and he just doesn't want to disappoint his, his fellas on the on the offensive line, um, and, and the off and the the whole offense. So it was kind of weird to me. Um, I know a lot of people they're like, oh, Moses wasn't that special because yeah, he's not, you know, some of the tackles that this team has had in the past who were like all pro t- caliber tackles. But again, he's a tackle that is dependable. Uh, to me, last season was probably one of his best seasons. Um, and I've always stated that when you have him and Brandon Sheriff together, um, they're a good duo and they work very well together and they straight, they solidify that right side. Now that, you know, either they're going to trade him, or they're going to, you know, part ways um, or release them. Um, now it's like, it's the unknown. You can cause me or whoever go on that right side and play as, as consistent and, and be as dependable as Morgan Moses.
4: So here's my thing. Um, I, I understand that they've been, you know, um, I guess it was part one of their off season where they've been training, you know, primarily in the weight room and things of that nature. They haven't really done any mm-hmm. um, extensive work on the field. Mm-hmm. How would you know, or you know, because I know they had the rookie mini camp last week. Yeah, if I'm correct, if I'm not mistaken, mm-hmm. you know, how would you know? If the draft that you signed are that good and are able to potentially uh, step yeah. in and fill Morgan, R- Morgan Moses Morgan Moses's um, spot on the right on the right side of the um, offensive line. I agree. Because,
3: uh, yeah. I, I, um. Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No matter mm-hmm.
4: you no know, matter what any of us say or what Ron Rivera um, thinks for the last I think you know I think it's fair to say for the last four four to five years. Yeah. You know, with Brandon Sheriff and Morgan – when Brandon Sheriff has been healthy and with Morgan Moses at right tackle, you've had a very – you've had two bookends on that right side of your line, and the only thing you really needed to address – one of the things you needed to address since uh, Trent Williams is gone is that left tackle spot.
2: Agreed. I don't argue with you at all. I totally agree with you. I think that you don't – to me, you don't know what you have – with some of these young guys, you're banking on young dudes. That's what the, that's what it is right now. Or you're just, again, you're going to have, you're going to have like Lucas, a guy who played well last season on the left side. Maybe he goes on the right side. Um, and, but you don't know if that, that transition, if you can play well, you know, within that trans- transition of going left to right. Now I know people will say, well, he's a left, he was playing left tackle. And he played pretty well, but sometimes people don't play people who play well on the left side. Don't typically play good on the right side. You know what I mean? So, that you don't know. It's still the unknown. Um, we, don't, we, we all don't know what's going to happen. And I just feel like, again, you, you're trying to build something. I mean, I would have liked for Morgan Moses to stay on this team and, and play next season. But obviously Coach Rivera has a different idea. Um, it's just amazing if you look at – I think I've seen something that um, somebody posted on Twitter about how many of the old – or well, some of the players that were in the um, old regime – um, have been like ghosts. Have been gone since you know has been released or you know traded or whatever since Ron Rivera has got Ron Rivera has gotten there. He if you're on it if you're in that old part of that old regime, like chances are your time is up because uh, he's gotten rid of pretty much everybody from that old regime.
4: Speaking of the old regime, Washington football sack leader Ryan Kerrigan signed with the Philadelphia Eagles. A lot of Washington fans are upset about this move. Should they be though? <laughs> Uh,
2: uh, I don't, I, mean, I don't think so. But it is what it is. I feel like, I mean, if you watched him over the last semi years, um, he wasn't saying Ryan Kerrigan. I think again, we talk about dependability. Um, that's a guy who was dependable. Um, a very, a, a very solid player. I mean, a lot of people felt like maybe they would have the opportunity to bring him back. Um, I, I didn't really think that. I, I thought, you know, I just didn't think it was gonna happen. Especially if you looked at some of the tweets. That I had a kid uh a, a young a young player it was rocking number 91 uh so i pretty much knew like he wasn't coming back but um yeah i, I mean I, I i see the frustration he's a fan favorite um people are going to miss him um I, I to me he's going to the eagles going to another organization a team that you know that's willing to make him a, you know put him make him a, I, I think will give him the opportunity to play more when you got again i'm gonna say this washington fans you got chase you got chase young you got montez sweat I mean, it is what it is. Like, you got dudes that are ready, and they're, you know, they're talented, they're gifted, and they can be special. Uh, I don't think that we are, folks should be overly concerned with Ryan Kerrigan going to the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, this team should be very happy with the guys they do have. Uh, but Ryan Kerrigan, I wish him the best in Philadelphia. You know, it's a rebuilding situation. Uh, so, you know, hopefully he'll bring leadership to that organization. But over here, I mean, it ain't it ain't nothing to worry about, to be honest with you. You got – two of the best young D-, type, D ends
4: in the game. Well, let me ask you this. Um, let me uh, retort. Um, we, Ron Rivera has mentioned kind of those intangibles mm. when it comes to the type of players he wants, right? He wants leaders. He wants guys who are good, not only good people, but good football players, leadership. Um, you let Ryan Kerrigan go. Where do you get that? I guess, leadership present on the defensive side of the ball or within that within that team in general. Yeah.
2: Right? Yeah. That's good. Uh, good point. Um, I think you get it from Jonathan Allen right now because of the, you know, because of the work with Morgan Moses, uh, there's a report that te- the team is expected to give Ryan, um, Jonathan Allen, ex- Jonathan Allen an extension. Uh, so they got, they're going to use whatever money they get from the Morgan Moses situation, whatever happens, they're going to be able to pay, uh, Jonathan Allen. But I, I said this before, like to me, you know, people talk about Ryan Kerrigan. To me, the, the, the leader, the dude that you just feel leadership uh, when you go into that locker room has been, always been Jonathan Allen. Um, this is even with – Ryan. I, I felt like even within his first, second season, you saw it. You felt it. Um, it just had He just has that grown-up approach, um, just like a, all about business, almost like that New England Patriots. When you see the New England Patriots players in their, on their defensive side of the football, just period, like Jonathan Allen has that aura about him. So I just feel like, you know, Jonathan Allen will be that guy – to kind of get all those get all those guys, you know, ready to play and ready to play at a high level. Wait, wait, are we good? I do actually have a t I have a tweet to read real quick. Can I read the tweet real quick before we jump off this show? Am I allowed to? You know what I'm saying? Can I do it? Can I? You know what I'm
4: saying? You've a set. You've essentially frozen me out of this show like Isaiah Thomas did to George. Look, man, all, look, look, so I, ahead, I would man. never, is, I would this, never. Listen, <laughs> listen, you are the, you are the maestro. You I, are the, you know. I only listen, know what? I maestro. only listen
2: to people telling me what to tell me to do. I did not freeze you out.
4: <laughs> you froze me out, man. You just kind of, you know, you and Ray, you guys have passed the ball back and forth with <laughs> the Tina. Um <laughs> Who,
3: you know, who, who? It's
2: all good. Man. <laughs> I know my froze you out. We we got all love for everybody. You know, I,
4: you know, you guys were wait. You guys were waving me off, pit. <laughs> going ISO.
0: Hey, that's no, good. I, that's I respect what we doing? It, man.
3: Is that, is that what we
4: doing?
0: Right <laughs> nah, now? man.
3: Listen, will we have chemistry issues? I'm not gonna lie. Like we all are members of the same gym, but we've never all been in there at the same time. <laughs> so
4: we 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 got
3: some. stuff know. on Maybe we do need a team building day. Will go ahead organize it. <laughs>
4: yeah, I, listen. I, t- I tried to get. I tried to do it. 4 a.m. workout.
3: Does you that look
1: like
2: a four AM workout? Like, do we not know who I am?
4: Yeah.
2: Do we not know who I am?
4: <laughs> Dude, it's it gotta Dude, be the Rose Bar in be out 4 at 4. What,
2: what, what you say? Huh? What, what you say, right? <laughs> <laughs> what you
3: say, though? No? Oh, only Rose Bar. He gonna be out at four AM. <laughs> New York Avenue. You see him on New York Avenue at four AM. Hey, you call me John Wall? Is this what we doing? Roller. Yeah, you are John Wall, bro. <laughs> Give uh, that man his flowers now, Will. <laughs> I hate
2: you. Man, I don't got no tweets to, to, to read off. But I will say Washington signed uh, Charles Leno and uh, Bobby McCain. I know.
3: I, we'll skip that. It's will all good. No, it's good. Right no, it's, it's I was good. It like, go. he, he, he was payback for me. He froze. He I, know right I respect
2: <laughs>
4: that, though. I respect that. I will say that those signings
2: were, mean, listen, those signs listen, were listen, like listen. that, though. I will say that.
4: No, listen, listen. When I get the rock and y'all been going ISO and been waving me off picks and everything, Brian, listen, I about? get it. I got it at the elbow. I saw Ray Ray was coming over. Ray was open. You know they 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 doubled a little bit. Should I have passed it to Ray?
0: No, I should have. Did I? No, I jacked up the shot. Hey
4: did. yo,
2: man. Like you had the, you had the you, hey you had the burst. You had that burst ready to go you had you ready to go, baby. bro. You're ready to go, man. You hit him, You hit us with the Carlton joint on the first Prince of Bel-Air joint, dog. That's what you hit us with. You know what I'm saying? Like you Well, thankfully, this is my only
3: platform. So I, I'll share my thoughts on the Washington football acquisitions on my other platform. Yeah, we'll do that together. No, it's, it's that simple. Oh, you know, other now, pla- oh, oh wow. You <laughs> I, knew gonna say, I knew we was going to say that. Other <laughs> platforms? Yeah. I other platforms?
2: <laughs> Watch the football team podcast, you mean, bro. You already know about the Washington football team podcast.
4: No, nah, I mean, listen, y'all. Listen, you guys getting money in other places and not busting it down with the team. Right, listen, you know, I don't respect it, but I understand. Hey,
3: man. Oh, thank you, I and I don't that. think
4: any less of either one of you. I appreciate I don't think you, any, man. any less of either one of. You. That's real talk, I hope man. not, because
3: Wole did call me earlier and was like, we hot, right? Let me tell you. I ain't hey, going to say what he said, but he was like, I'm going to tell you why we hot. You know? So I'm leaving it at that. We hot, hot, though, bro. Real talk, talk, man. We
2: don't want to show, hey, we about to talk about it now since Let's, you
3: brought it up. Don't even say it, Wole. <laughs> don't even tell him nothing, man. He don't even know. It, man. <laughs> We hot on but YouTube. We still get together. I'm down. I'm down for the call. Yeah, you
2: know I'm saying we was hot on YouTube. We I've the...
3: been in the gym with Will before, and I've been in the gym with Wole before, but we have not been there together. We,
2: we haven't, man. We haven't combined like Megatron. You know what I'm saying? Like we haven't done that. You well, know they don't
3: like working out with people though. Will, I'm I don't. Saying, we'll I do talk. Like, That's
2: true. I, hate I know him. that he, he I wants know. to
3: do his own <laughs> workout. He don't want to listen <laughs> to nobody. He's like I know what I know. Only Lee Biden is the only person he'll listen to listen begrudgingly though. He's like, Lee, you know everything. Nah, I
2: don't listen to him that much either though. I don't listen to him. I only did like one one joint, cause I thought like a dang like I could, this young looking like I can get, can get me mean. That was only one joint. Everything else, he said you need to do this. I was like nah, cause I ain't doing that. Like you got the wrong one. I ain't doing that.
3: Hey, listen, hey Will, you know how uh, Nelly? He got he started Chingy out right, and then Chingy blew up and (laughs) look what happened. I I brought Wole to the gym, you know he wasn't this guy. You know we should have done a reality show back then about like 24/7, like getting dirty, like a Tyson Fury. He was like Tyson Fury back then. You know what he do? He got a new trainer. He rolled out on me. Hey, listen. That's what people do, Will. That so don't trust nobody. Hey, Go ahead, do your thing, Will. Look, man, you dirty
2: as I don't know what, bro, because I didn't leave you for another trainer, though. I did my own thing. I took what you taught me and I just did it by myself. That's what happened, dog. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Cause you left me, dog. You left me. You weren't even going to gym with me no more, dog. So don't try to don't try to play me, dog. You know what I'm saying? that for another
3: episode. Exactly,
2: dog. we getting everything out now. You know what I'm saying? Like this is therapeutic. You think you know, but you, you have no, no idea. idea. You don't have no idea. This is real therapeutic right now. It's all coming out. All right. It's all coming out. Damn it. We used to hoop together, all dog. Right, Till eleven please. o'clock. We ran on the treadmill and we hooped together. Till eleven o'clock, all of a sudden, I was by myself, dog. You know what I'm saying? Then I had to stop running the treadmill for real. Anyway, subscribe to our podcast yeah. on Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and Google Podcasts. Just search the Urban Sports Scene. Also, tweet us, um, tweet us at Urban Sports Scene, and hit us up on our Urban Sports Scene Facebook page. Uh, check out the home of the Urban Sports Scene, uh, which is Empire Media at EmpireMedia dot com, and and this show can be found on Podcast DC. Download the Podcast app, Podcast DC app, to hear all the Empire Media shows as well as other great content. Anyway, we appreciate you all for listening in. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Oh, go one, off- one, one last thing. Go ahead, bro. One last
4: thing. One last thing. For boxing fans oh, yeah, yeah, go this ahead, weekend, Jose Ramirez versus yeah. Josh Taylor on ESPN. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a while back, I forgot who it was, but I asked them, do they see the winner of this fight who will become the undisputed junior welterweight champion potentially being – An eventual opponent for Bud Crawford, depending on how this fight goes. And if one of these guys looks impressive, most likely if his job, I I fully believe if, um, if Jose Ramirez wins and looks impressive in this fight, he would be a potential opponent for Bud Crawford two or three, two or three fights down the line.
2: Okay, so we so got, I'm we,
4: excited for this fight this this weekend.
2: We got to talk boxing next week. There's so much we got, we had got to piggyback on what we 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 uh, we're talking about non-show, um, you know, Wilder Fury, um, and yeah, Wilder Fury. I guess they and Joshua with the love triangle of what's going on uh, about who's going to fight who. It looks like it's going to be it looks like it's going to be Joshua. I mean, not Joshua Fury versus Wilder, unless uh, I think Fury and them give him like yeah.
4: 20 mil. I think, that, I think Lin, that's, that's
2: going to be. That's gonna be.
4: It's going to
2: be a great fight. Yeah, man. A great fight? I don't know. But it'll be a fight. It'll be a contrast in styles. Put it that way. A contrast in styles. One dude, I feel like, you know, and we can, I mean, we'll go in detail with it. But one dude will have to get the knockout. That's the way he fights. And the other dude is just going to have to last. But I will say, though, yep. you know.
4: And if we do. hmm So, sure Will. No, nah, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I. I, I thought w- you were finished. No, no,
2: no, no, no. What I was going to say is that, but, you know, and I, and I was saying this earlier, that you know, people talk about puncher's chance. There's one dude that, that really that really stays true to and that's Deontay Wilder. Like he really has a puncher's chance. Like that's a real that's a real thing with him.
4: And I was gonna say if those two end up fighting, um I believe I read somewhere that Bob Barham did reserve Reliant Stadium in Las Vegas mm-hmm. for July twenty fourth. Okay. For those two to fight, those two meaning Deontay Wilder and Tyson Fury. We would get on the flip side. You would get Anthony Joshua um, fighting Alexander Usyk.
3: Yeah, yeah uh, I can't even Ucic. pronounce Ucic. his last name. Ucic.
4: Ucic. Yeah. Ucic. And why that's a significant fight Ucic is least, uh... Alexander Usyk is a under was was uh, undisputed cruiserweight champion. Mm-hmm. Yep.
3: So no, he and a beast, he's man.
4: a guy who, yeah, he's a beast. He's been in the Olympics, yeah, he is. Won gold, I believe. I, yeah, I believe it. He won gold. So that would be a very tough fight for Anthony Joshua very because he's tough. a guy who has a a similar physical built build to Joshua um, and has better bend um, and flexibility and and, ref, and reflexes in my
3: opinion than Joshua. So I, I, yeah. we would
4: still get two hell. We would still get two amazing heavyweight
3: fights. Yeah.
2: This summer. I know mean, yeah, I agree. I think arguably you say Usyk is more skilled. You can say that arguably is more skilled than Anthony Joshua. Um he's a scary heavyweight for a lot of people. Real talk, like for a lot of people. Uh, again, thank you everybody for tuning in to the Urban Sports Same. We appreciate you. Anyway, you've been listening to the Urban Sports Same for ages. You dig Deuces a mega us out, big homie.